0: you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Down the block, Andrew Johnson. Inside for Elba. Elba will score. Elba will score. Newcastle and one. What- Good afternoon, guys. Welcome back to the Rugby League Guru Podcast. Going to have a look at some of the best combos in Rugby League this afternoon because it was one that I mentioned uh, over the weekend, obviously the Tedesco-Radley one. I think it's extremely underrated, and I had a lot of people push back on that, and I'm going to give a bit of explanation behind that and talk about some of the other best combos in the NRL. Now, this might not shock you, but... I've got about eight or nine of the best combos, in my opinion, in our game. And now what I've done is I've taken out halfbacks and five eights, and I've taken out centers and wings because I think that's, uh, that's just a little bit too basic. Anyone can see that on the surface and they sort of have to be a combo to survive anyway. So I've sort of got a little bit outside of that. And I know that straight away, when I spoke about Radley and Tedesco, people messaged me automatically saying, oh, Clear and Luai are better. And it's like, yeah, okay, like they're halves pairing, so they should be sort of thing. Uh, you know, Kieran Cronk, so they should have been the Johns brothers. So they should have been, etc etc. Um, so I've gone for guys that aren't your halves combos or aren't your center and wings partnership. Now, combinations, they obviously exist in other parts of the game, and that's completely fair enough. But I think these are some of the standouts for me. I think uh, Nathan Cleary and Isaiah Yo are probably one of the best combos in our game. Still probably not as appreciated as, say, a Cody Walker and an Alex Johnson or a Cody Walker and a Latrell Mitchell. I would say Cody Walker and AJ are well regarded as one of the best combos in rugby league. But Cleary and Isaiah Yo they definitely, they make each other better players for me. Um, And look, Isaiah Yeo and Nathan Cleary, they are great players, standalone on their own, no doubt about it. Two of the best in their positions. But once they get in the same side, they bring the very best out of each other. I would also throw Appy Curacao into that mold with Nathan Cleary as well. Uh, We said when uh, Appy signed with the Penrith Panthers, he was going to be the missing jigsaw piece. And I think he definitely has. Nathan Cleary's played his best footy there. And I don't think it's surprised anyone that Appy's walked in there and the Penrith Panthers have turned into you know a top-shelf team over the last two years. Yes, people are bagging them this week because they lost to South Sydney, but they've still been a fantastic team for two years. I think Nathan Cleary... Geez, I'd love to know off the top of my head how many games of football Nathan Cleary's lost in the last two years that are club games. I would say the grand final and then that semi-final the other night. Outside of that, I don't think he's lost another game. So... No doubt about that combo. And I think those, I think especially Isaiah Yo, and Cleary and Walker and AJ, they're held at the very, very top. And Walker and AJ, they've obviously got an unbelievable amount of stats to back up that high regard for that combination, which is completely fair. But... Also, your ball player to your winger, there's definitely more opportunities to provide stats um, that show that combination, whereas a lock forward to a halfback, a lock forward to a fullback, there's less stats that actually represent how good they are. It's more of the eye test, and it's more about understanding the shapes the teams are running and the spots they're getting to and how they all impact each other, which is where I think, you know, a bit of a combo between Tedesco and Radley gets a little bit underrated. Another combo and a little bit of a different one. Is Harry Grant and Brandon Smith. Uh, I think this is probably right up there with the best combinations in rugby league. A little bit different. They don't really work off each other, but they sort of tag team for each other, which is unreal. And when you see, and you didn't get to see it on the weekend because Brandon Smith went off with an injury, but when you do see Harry Grant in the last 30 minutes of the game working off the back of Brandon Smith, they can be really, really dominant. Another combo that probably hasn't prevailed this year, but over the last few years it has, is definitely Cam Murray and Damian Cook. You haven't seen Cooky run as much this year because of the way that South Sydney are playing, but Cam Murray quick-blade the ball into a Damian Cook scoot has been a trademark of the South Sydney game for the last three or four years. Uh, another one that this year has probably fallen off the wagon a little bit because they are playing such an expansive brand of football, they haven't done that the last few years, is definitely Jake Travojevic and Tom Travojevic. Another 13-1 and combo, similar to the Radley um, and to Desco style, obviously these two are brothers as well sort of reminds me of Glenn and Brett Stewart they sort of tend to play their shape a little bit wider as uh, Glenn Stewart didn't sort of play through the centre thirty; was more of an edge guy, uh, but definitely Jake Trevojevic and Tommy Trevojevic, they have to be right up there as far as these combo goes Kalen Ponga and whoever is on the left edge, whether it's Bradman Best or at the moment it's Tawala, I think on the run home, Newcastle Haven't been playing their best footy, let's be honest here, but Tawala has scored probably seven or eight tries in the last three or four weeks, I would guess. Scored a hat-trick on the weekend and an unfortunate loss, but KP, the way that he plays on his left edge, I mean, you could say to me, hey, KP and Tawala, you could say KP and Best, you could say KP and Fitzgibbon, you could say KP and Barnett, and I wouldn't really argue with any of those, to be honest with you. He's just got that sort of ability, KP. He can link up with anyone, but there's going to come a time where KP's going to find his man out there. I would like to think it's going to be Bradman best moving forward. If I was KP, he's the guy I'd be looking at. And I think he's, he'll be able to build a combination that'll be really hard to top over the next few years, especially down on that edge. We look over to the Melbourne Storm. I would put sort of Josh Addo Carr uh, and Cameron Munster around about that mark. They, you know, obviously Fox is so incredibly quick and Munster's just got this brilliant left foot kicking game. He's able to take advantage of any opportunity that's given to Fox down that side. But for me, the one with Melbourne is probably Jerome Hughes and Felice Kafusi. I think these two work really, really well together and quite often you see them dump off to that right edge. Kafusi's always in the right spot, then they swing back. I would say the last few years, I would have probably gone with Jerome Hughes and Vunavalu. Those two had a combination that was unreal. You, it, it could be first, second, third tackle. Hughes would get the ball, and if he just saw there was space in front of Vunavalu, he'd put the kick in straight away. They didn't even have to talk to each other. They just knew what was on straight away. Another one of the Penrith Panthers, we mentioned Cleary and Yo, having a great combination. Luai and Kikau over the last few years have been unreal. The the deception that Luai takes the line on with and the way that he puts out into good space, he's really started doing it this year, and I I think it's sort of flown under the radar a little bit. Obviously, with Matt Burton coming, it has sort of changed things a little bit. You could tell me Lou Iron Burton. You could tell me Burton and out as well. Another really strong combination. That entire left edge has got something special about it. I oh, look at the Parramatta Eels. I think Nathan Brown and Mitch Moses have got a really good combination. They're sort of the. Uh, the poor man's, you know, Cleary and Yo, or the poor man's Radley and Tedesco the way they play. But I think Mitch Moses, he plays his best tempo and comes up with his best plays off the back of Nathan Brown when he plays out the back or when he takes the hit up before. He's definitely a guy that Mitch Moses looks to play off the back of. The last one I'm going to mention is one that we're probably never going to see again. We might see it at Test football occasionally, but they're not going to be at the same club as each other. But I really thought one that's flown under the radar over the last few years has been Sean Johnson and Britton Nakora. These two have always looked really good together. The chorus form has sort of gone up and down a little bit, but geez, he is a really good hole runner and I think people forget just how good he can be on his day. So that's probably on the low end scale. Um, when I look back at like greatest combos ever though, that aren't halves or that aren't center and winger, you know, you could obviously throw at me, you know, Mac and Tamana Tahoe, an unreal combination there. You know, you got Inglis and Darius Boyd would have to be right up there as well. A number of these combos, but some that stand out to me, that there's two with Jonathan Thurston, obviously. One was with Gavin Cooper, his edge back rower. That combo was unbelievable. The amount of tries that Gav Cooper scored off JT was unbelievable. They just they just knew what each other were doing on in every moment. Gavin Cooper always knew where he had to be, and JT, he just made it work every time. I think it's underrated too, the amount of times Gavin runs the exact same line, the perfect line, and doesn't get the ball, but his decoy created space out the back that no one ever spoke about. JT and Matty Bowen, obviously a halfback with a fullback combo, uh, a pretty common one as well. You could argue that I probably shouldn't include these, but I think it's one that we have to talk about. Uh, Probably the greatest ever for me, though, is uh, Cliffy Lyons and Steve Menzies. This combo that they had, Cliffy at six, Menzies, most of the time, in the back row, out on the left edge for the Manly Seagulls. Uh, A great combination and just two natural footballers. Menzies very much so like Gavin Cooper, the lines that he used to run, obviously a more gifted, a more talented player than Gavin Cooper, don't get me wrong, but same sort of same sort of uh, uh, cut from the same sort of cloth is the wording that I'm looking for there Cliffy Lyons one of the best natural footballers natural instinctive guys we've ever seen play our game you've all heard me talk about Cliffy on a number of occasions another one that comes to mind is definitely Joey and Bedsy probably the best hooker halfback combination we've ever seen in my opinion the best we will ever see they were unreal Bedsy arrived there as sort of a winger fullback from memory Uh, Steve Walters got injured in 97 98 around that mark and sort of took Benzie under his wing and taught him how to play hooker, and he just developed into one of the best nines we've ever seen. I often feel sorry for Benzie, because if Cameron Smith didn't exist, I'd love to know what we're saying about him. He was I'm pretty sure he was the Kangaroo's captain, and he took one series off for his wedding or birth of a child or something, and he just never got the jersey back. Cameron Smith never looked back. He was the captain uh, within a few years' time, and the combination that, that Joey had with him was unreal. And you hear Joey, quite you know, I, I heard him on Channel 9 when he does that show with um, we, we, with Brad Fittler they were talking about the best players they ever played with Joey chose Danny Medeiros. So just says the absolute world about him. And, and you look at when Joey's playing his absolute best footy, you know, the 0-1 grand final, the 0-5 origin series. The guy that's next to him is Danny Medeiros, so yeah. There's one try that these two set up, which just sums up this combo for me, where Joey, he gets it in the 0-5 series. He's, he goes down the right side, the 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 um, the um open side. The play the ball's on about 20% or so. He sort of takes the sticks and he props off his, off his right leg and he turns back and in an instant, he sums up the moment. The markers are split, as they should when your halfback goes that way. You know, you're, obviously your first marker goes to the open side. Your your second marker goes to the short side, as they did. But Joey comes back. And as the second marker sort of dawdling back into his spot, Joey throws this absolute seed between the two markers and hits Danny Medeiros who comes from a complete blind spot to go over the try line. And that is years upon years upon years of working on this combination and just spending time with each other off the field and knowing when Joey's going to come back in off his right foot I mean if Betsy starts moving once Joey's there it's too late he has to start moving and thinking at the same time that Joey does in that moment um, another one you know for, for fullback halfbacks with Joey obviously Joey could have made it work with a number of fullbacks but I always thought him and Anthony Minicello considering they never played club football together as soon as they got into a New South Wales Blues jersey together they were unreal they 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 clicked instantly. I I had Minichello on the podcast and he spoke about it. And he just said by, you know, day two or day three of New South Wales camp, when he essentially met Joey, he just knew straight away where he had to be at every moment, what Joey was going to do. Uh, so an unreal combo there. But look, the one that I'm trying to get to is, of course, this one, James Tedesco and Victor Radley, which we've spoken about on the week. And I think they're incredibly underrated. People push back on it. You know, I had a few people say, oh, you realize it's James Tedesco, right? No one underrates Teddy. Argo yeah, yeah, I understand that. And then I had someone else say, you realise everyone loves Radley. I'm like, yeah, I don't think you all realise just how good Radley is just yet. And it's something that I've been talking about for quite some time, about Radley being the best 13 in our game. I think Cameron Murray has probably caught up to him now, uh, which a lot of people thought he already had a year or so ago. But, I mean, I love Cam Murray. He hasn't, you know, gone and won premierships yet, which Victor Radley has. Um, You take Victor Radley out of that Roosters side, and they're a completely different footy side. Yeah, they are just... The the gap between the roosters with Radley and without Radley is massive, and I you know I I think the fact that they lost Cooper Cronk and a few other guys that got injured and whatnot, I think it's sort of covered just how important he is because there's been other reasons uh, to explain why they haven't gone as well. But for me, when I watch them, it is nine day when Victor Radley's there, and this is what I spoke about on my coach's clipboard. You know, I had those two as my two guys that were going to be key. And look, if you gave me the entire Rooster Seventeen fully fit, everyone there, those still would have been one and two that I would have had. And I think you find that a lot of the coaches in the NRL, they would be well aware of how good this combo is. I just feel like we don't talk about it enough uh, when it comes to Victor Radley. I heard I, I, I heard Finchie talking the other day on Bloke in a Bar saying that he thinks Radley's the best 13 in the comp. And yeah, Finchie played for the Roosters. I understand that. But I'll tell you what, from having numerous conversations with Finchie on and off the mic, if you think he's a Roosters fan... You're kidding yourself. He is Melbourne through and through. You ask Brett what his greatest achievement in his career was. You would expect him to say that it was the fact that he kicked that winning field goal. It's the fact that he was a Melbourne Storm player. That's what means the absolute world to him, that he was able to wear that purple jersey. Finchy, I don't know if he'll admit it or not, but to me, when I talk to him, he is a Melbourne Storm fan through and through. Has he got a soft spot for the Roosters? Probably does. Yeah, probably does because he played there and whatnot. But I'm telling you, there's no... Finchie isn't selecting Victor Radley because he's a fan of the Roosters. That's absolute horse shit. He's selecting Victor Radley as his best 13 because he's been watching the same football I have for the last few years. He's an unreal 13, Rads, and I think you saw on the weekend what he's capable of doing. He pushed through to almost score that first try that James Tedesco put the kick through, and that's that little combo, I mean. How many fullbacks and 13s have that connection with each other that they know exactly where to push through on the exact moment to be there? The amount of times Radley creates something for. Teddy through the centre third. This is why, you know, I spoke about it so much this year because I had Radley in my draft team. I needed Tedesco to play each and every weekend because they complement each other so well and they just create attacking stats at the back of each other. Roosters, their first try they scored, it went out to the right right, right touchline and you watch the work of Rad's to find, I think, Lockie Lamb out the back then he creates the space for James Tedesco. These two... They're the key cogs in that entire play. And whilst they might not be passing the ball directly to each other, they're creating the space, they're moving the defensive line, Teddy's sucking them in, Teddy's providing that last pass. It all matters, and it all comes down to the angles they run, when they straighten up, when they release the ball. And these two are just so good at They just understand rugby league. Of course, Radley put Tedesco over for their last try of the night, I think from memory, and Radley's been doing this for years. And if you've been listening to this podcast for a while, you, you, you're probably sick of hearing about it because I talk about it so much. But, uh, I mean, the other thing I was thinking about with Radley the other day is that if you, if you would have given Radley, if he was injury-free and suspension-free the last two years, which I know is a big ask, I get that, don't, don't message me and say it's ridiculous, but if you were to of, all of a sudden, Radley's played six games of football. Now, what do we know Radley for? His ball playing and how tough he is, yeah? I mean, could anyone be more suited to origin football than Victor Radley, realistically? I think that if he would have played origin last year, he would have been in there this year again, I, I think he played better footy to start this year than he did last year, and he was the best 13 in the game last year until he got injured he's also won two premierships before that in 13, and as i mentioned a few times it's something that we, that we also forget It was about round 9, round 10, 2018 season where Trent Robinson made a big decision. He moved Isaac Liu out of Jersey 13. He went away from that third front rower in third and he played Victor Radley there. And it completely transformed the Roosters. It transformed Cooper Cronk. It transformed James Tedesco. It turned that system on its head. And not enough people realized that that was the turning point in that season. I called it at the time. I'd been saying to my mates for ages, Radley has to be in third and they were all laughing at me, giving me shit. and, And that's fine. But you could just see the game was transitioning to that spot where we needed guys to be wearing the 13 that could actually play football, that had leg speed, that had some subtle ball playing, that could play out the back. They were the key link men. And Radley, for me, he's the guy that really transformed that. As I said, I think if he wasn't suspended and injured over the last two years, he would have already played five or six games of State of Origin. And I think we'd be talking about him right up there with the very best of them. And if Radley and Tedesco have taught me anything, it's that they rise for the big occasions. Yeah, shock me the two of them play their best game as soon as we get to the finals footy this year. I have no doubt that Tedesco would have played his best footy in origin because he always does. But Radley, he's just got origin player written across his forehead. I think it's a matter of time till he does play, and I think he's going to really dominate it, and he's going to be in that team with James Tedesco. And I think they're going to really own that stage as well. A tremendous combo, one that I think is un- is pretty underrated I don't think they're held as high as Cleary and Yo I don't think they're held as high as Walker and AJ I don't think they're held as high as probably Gerbo and Turbo Uh, you know and there's three combos that I'm sorry they haven't won a premiership yet yeah, Radley and Teddy, they got two under their belt. So just something to think about. I understand they're both great players. I know that everyone rates them as players individually, but I think as a combination, they are heavily underrated. I think the vast majority of people agree with me, but to the minority that didn't, I thought I'd just give you a bit of exa- a bit of reasoning behind what I say because I think people think that I just shoot this shit out randomly. But I've been talking about this sort of stuff for a few years now. So Radley and James tedesco I think they should be held much higher as a combination in our game.